You are listening to The Secrets of Data Analytics Leaders, hosted by Wayne Eckerson. And we uh, have temporarily closed uh, three of our offices, our Kiev and Zaporizhia office, and of course we closed Kharkiv office, uh, which was damaged by a rocket fire. My name is Wayne Eckerson. My job is to help data and analytics leaders succeed. In these podcasts, I talk with experts who share the latest thinking and innovations in our space. I'm glad you've joined the conversation. We in the West have watched Russia's invasion of Ukraine with disbelief and horror. How could this happen to a European country in the 21st century? Is there any justifiable rationale for the wanton destruction of people and property there? As we ponder these questions, our data colleagues in Ukraine have experienced them firsthand. To help us get a handle on Ukraine's role in the data economy and how teams based there are coping with Russia's military onslaught, we have two software executives with us today who will share how the war has affected their companies and how they are adapting to the evolving situation. Dragos Georgescu is Vice President and Chief Technology Officer of Data Clarity, an innovative data analytics vendor with a development shop in Lviv, Ukraine. Also with us today is Bogdan Steblianko, CEO of CHI Software, a software development company based in Ukraine with more than 500 employees spread across four development centers, including hard-hit Kharkiv in the east, which is the company's headquarters. Welcome to you both. Let's dive in. Could you describe your companies and their relationship to Ukraine? Dragos, why don't we start with you? As you might know, we started developing products around in the space of analytics and, and data. Um, the product is uh, uh, the same name as the company Data Clarity, uh, is a uh, analytics and data integration uh, product that uh, has been on the market for quite uh, a few years and very successful so far. In regard with Ukraine, we started to uh, hire some software engineers in 2016. Um, one of my colleagues uh, here in Raleigh, he was uh, he came from Ukraine, uh, born in Ukraine, moved to the United States, very successful guy. Um, um, he uh, came with a suggestion, hey, I know uh, some very good, talented software engineers there. Uh, how about the idea we start hiring some resources? So this is how we started in 2016. Um, been very successful there. And in 2017, we decided and invested to open a full staff office yeah. uh, in Ukraine, yeah. in the western part of Ukraine. And then we grew it uh, and expanded the office to do uh, more activities. And I can definitely go into more details. Yeah, so where is the office and how many staff people do you have there? So the office is in the western part of Ukraine. It's in the Elviv. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with it because now Elviv is a major hub for refugees. And I think pretty much all the big companies, they move to Elviv and some of them move to Poland. Uh, United States Embassy moved to Elviv. Uh, we started from the beginning in Lviv because this is where we knew uh, people, and we were we found out that Lviv it's a very strong IT hub. Um, Ukraine uh, started to develop more um, IT hubs 
uh, like in Kiev, uh, Kharkiv, um, Lviv in some other areas, and Lviv is one of the uh, successful ones. Uh, it's like uh, 30 uh, kilometers or 30 miles uh, close to uh, the Polish border. Um, we started the office with just a few uh, software engineers, uh, and we grew it to have a full staff of software engineers, software architects, uh, technical writers. We also I also built a product team there that they were dealing with product research and development and also uh, uh, quality assurance, both manual and QA. And um, we reach about, uh, you know, a little bit under uh, 50 people in that lab. 50? Uh, and, yes. And we have um, less, we have more offices, uh, but Ukraine, I would say it's a, it's a very strategic office uh, for us. Uh, and this is primarily due to um, it's very unique to uh, Eastern countries in Europe. They have a very strong math and science. Mm. And this comes part of the, um, if you think about it, during the communists, um, the students, they're encouraged to learn uh, uh, exact sciences because there's not much to talk about it. So, you know, two plus two makes four, you know, so we didn't talk about uh, much about history or, you know, social sciences, anything, but math, physics, you know, biology, chemistry was the primary for education and myself uh, being born and educated in Romania was similar. And what this, uh, 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 what this have done, it, it sets a footprint, kind of a, a DNA footprint in countries like Ukraine to be focused on, um, put a lot of focus on exact sciences like math. Right. Uh, from this perspective, software engineers uh, in Ukraine and other Eastern European countries, they are very, very good. They have high abstract reasoning. Uh, and um, you don't need an, uh, an army of software engineers. One software engineer can do a lot of work. Mm. Uh, part of the recruitment process, uh, data clarity, I... Uh, we um, ask our candidates to take some personality uh, tests and we do this to understand their DNA and we measure about four uh, aspects, uh, leadership uh, skills, mm -hmm. abstract reasoning skills, um, mm -hmm. interpersonal skills uh, and kind of self-management skills. And uh, when I get a, a team member, I know from the beginning kind of what's their DNA and it helps me to be like a chameleon. You know, different people, they have different needs right um so i know from the beginning how to work with everyone but what i want to highlight is that it's amazing that it doesn't matter if we hire uh, when we hire uh, software engineers or quality assurance or technical writers there is one common dna they all score quite high very high on abstract reasoning and i think this is related to that dna that you know exact sciences and math so i think for us um and for me we feel blessed to um, work with the people from Ukraine and also help us to grow uh, uh, teams there quite fast. Uh, that's interesting. So the legacy of a communist regime where it really wasn't kosher to talk about politics steered everybody into the hard sciences. And now your data clarity is kind of the beneficiary of that. Yes, and I want to tell you a, a, a very short story, which I think it's amazing. So one of my trips in uh, Lviv, which is a beautiful city, uh, you know, all the old part of the city 
has some uh, very nice old buildings, a lot of shops, restaurants, very good coffee. Uh, and after the work, it's like a, you know, like a, a celebration, you know, a lot of noise, uh, people, you know, eating, uh, drinking, having a good time. Uh, so when I was kind of walking with the teams and they were showing me different uh, architectures and buildings, uh, we stopped at a bookshop. And one of the guy, he pointed me into the, because the books were in the window, uh, displaying on the window shelf, and he said, Robert, take a look at that book. And he said, you know what the title is? And I said, okay, tell me. He said, Python for Kindergarten. <laughs> so that was amazing to me because I was thinking, oh, wow, this is how you create, you, you educate a nation of software engineers. Think about it. Python for Kindergarten. <laughs> I book. can't imagine that. It might be a book that I could understand. <laughs> what about you, Bogdan? Could you describe your company and its relationship to Ukraine? Uh, sure. CJ Software, our company, is an Ukrainian software development company uh, with 15 years of experience in the field. We collaborate with enterprises across the globe, including businesses in the United States and the United Kingdom. Uh, with over 600 engineers, we focus on uh, different uh, fields such as artificial intelligence, uh, big data, cloud computing, Internet of Things, and of course, uh, web development, web solutions for different industries. Uh, before February 24th, we had offices in Dnipro, in Kiev, in Zaporizhia, and a big development center in Kharkiv. The Hakiv office was the largest, as I said, and most well-equipped workplace. More than 300 employees were working, uh, working there. So what has been the impact of the war on your staff and business? Uh, you know, um, no one can be fully prepared for the war on their native land. Yeah, and the main value and driving force of our comp company are our employees and our engineers. Most of them were forced to flee their home and in some cases part with their families who refused to evacuate. Undoubtedly, it's a stressful situation for everyone and we understand that support has an essential role in it. That's why we provide our employees with psychological assistance to help them recover their mental state in these difficult times. In addition, we have uh, created two relocation offices. It's uh, CHI, a Ukrainian relocation office and European relocation office, where okay. our HR managers, where our uh, legal department representatives, where our finance department representatives uh, help our people who have been evacuated from uh, Kharkiv region and other regions from Eastern Ukraine to adapt to a new reality. So um, in addition, we uh, have temporarily closed uh, three of our offices, our Kiev and Zaporizhia office. And of course, we closed Kharkiv office, uh, which was damaged by a rocket fire. Yeah. And um, if we are talking about the impact of the war in Ukraine, I would also mention that during this period, our uh, team and our company uh, become stronger and more cohesive. 
How many of your folks actually, or what percentage do you think have been displaced and had to leave their homes and their place of work? Um, as I mentioned, our uh, Hakev office uh, included almost 300, more than 300 engineers. As for now, in Hakev, um, uh, people who uh, do not want to evacuate, it's around five. So I can say that like 99% uh, of our engineers and our employees from Hakiv office have been evacuated. All our Kiev office has been evacuated too. Quite a disruption to your business, as I can imagine. But you said it's made your company stronger. So how could that possibly be? I do not know how to explain it, but I think that our, um, our employees uh, put much more attention in communication, in communication with each other, in communication in the team, uh, in their performance to a client. Uh, so I think that it's something like that. Dragos, let's go back to you. Now the war starts, Russia invades. Levid, thankfully, has not been attacked. So what, what's the status of your staff in Ukraine and Lviv? Are they still working or what's happened? That's a good question. So as you mentioned, because we've been staffed in Lviv, uh, at least from a Ukrainian lab, because we have Romanian lab as well, I think we've been very fortunate because Lviv was not directly attacked until, I think, a couple of weeks ago. Right. But but the impact is, uh, was still um, uh, major because even if your team members are not physically located in Kiev or other parts of Ukraine, they do have families and they do have friends. So the first impact is a psychological impact that no matter if you like or not, it will affect, affect the team members. So uh, because I think United States, uh, you know, intelligence services, they did a great job to kind of prepare, right? Because we knew from quite a while that Russia is going to attack, attack. We took this very seriously. And me coming from uh, Eastern Europe and communists knowing quite a lot about Russia, uh, you know, I took this very seriously. Hey, uh, we don't play with this. And also we knew about Georgia 2008 and uh, Crimea 2014. So uh, we started to put a contingency plan. So I would say we've done a pretty good job to be prepared. And preparing means from multiple aspects. First of all is to ensure that uh, the safety of the team, and it's not just safety from a, you know, well-being, being physical, you know, uh, uh, safe, but also your mental uh, state, right? So we, a Data Clarity, I strongly believe in this concept of being a chameleon. You cannot apply the same pattern to your all the employees. So you have to work on the individual level while you kind of follow your corporate uh, kind of strategy. Right. So we're already doing and working on with individual on different you know aspects of their life. Uh, we've been in the past, you know, people had uh, you know health problems or you know some family problems. We've always been accommodating. So we, we, what's kind of in our DNA to work on an individual level? So right. when the Ukraine crisis came, we took this to the next level. So first we started to have discussions as a team and also discussion individuals, you know, how would be impacted. Right. We had conversation about relocations mm. as an individual level, 
because you cannot just go and relocate a company because think about it. Maybe you can relocate your employees, but how about their families? Maybe right. they don't want to relocate. Maybe their families cannot relocate. So you right. cannot apply a corporate strategy. You have to work with individuals. Right. So we started to work with individuals and it employs multiple aspects. It means, um, okay, financial. We had individual that they said, hey, I'm not comfortable and we don't know what's going to happen. I need to make uh, changes to how I'm paid, you know, different accounts or putting on hold or wire different in different uh, channels. So we took different steps. You think about detail, little details oh. that will ensure that, first of all, they feel as comfortable as possible. They don't worry about, I work in a big corporation and you know what's going to happen. Right. Um, and some of them relocate to Poland, oh. um, but I would say most of them, they still in Ukraine. Uh, we talk about even relocating their families um, cause you know, now in Ukraine, males cannot leave the country. Right. Um, so for our soft engineer, which are males, we, uh, you know, ask them if, if they need and they want, we can relocate their families, Romania or Poland, especially have a lab in Romania. But I was very surprised that, um, pretty much everyone said the same message. No, we'll stay here. Hmm. We'll accommodate. Uh, and if necessary, we'll just go and fight for our country. Mm -hmm. I remember I asked a few guys uh, in the beginning when uh, the martial law was instated that, hey, you're not allowed, you might be drafted to go to war. And I was worried. I said, what are you going to do? Um, and, and one guy said, I hope they're going to get me to war. Um <laughs> So if you think about, when you talk about intellectual, you know, you have a future, you know, you can relocate in a different country. You can rebuild your life to say, hey, if I need to go and fight, I'm going to fight. It, it, it gives you chills and it shows you that they are committed. And if they are committed to their families and to their countries, I think they are committed to your company as well. So from this perspective, we, uh, we think uh, we're blessed. So going back to your question, um, the, the team was not shattered. That's a good thing. Uh, it's just that we had to accommodate. Some of them, they still in Lviv. Some of them, they moved, you know, close to Lviv, maybe where their family were, maybe uh, to stay close to their family. Software industry, it's very common to work remotely. Yeah. So that was not a, a, an issue for us. And we just accommodated. Yeah. Yeah. So have you lost any of your staff who went and fought in the war or are fighting or are they all still working? No, no nobody from our team was, uh, uh, was required to go to war. And I think I suspect that uh, because Ukrainian army is doing a great job. And I suspect also because they've been located to Lviv, I assume they uh, not been um, uh, asked to participate or at least not yet. Uh, but I know and I've seen in social media and some of my connections on LinkedIn that other uh, software engineers, not part of data credit, they've been called and uh, they, uh, and most of them, they said, I'm going to take a part-time job to the Ukrainian army. Ah, okay. But not so, ours. So part-time software developer, part-time soldier? Yeah, I've seen some guys on LinkedIn, they said, hey, I got a part-time job 
I get food, uh, I get clothes, everything, and it's called, you know, Ukrainian army. I think it was very, uh, 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 very amazing that software engineers from Ukraine, uh, they're able to still have some sense of humor uh, while they go and fight for the country and for the families. Yeah. Well, we're all pretty impressed with the heroism and uh, the dedication and commitment to the country over there. It's very inspiring. So, Bogdan, let's get back to you. Has the war disrupted your business from a cash flow perspective or interfered with serving your clients? How have you been able to keep up with the natural flow of business despite all the dislocations? Sure, we uh, sure we can, but uh, uh, we uh, of course we took measures uh, and we took measures in different uh, categories of our business. Uh, some measures in operations. Um, about our hiring policy, we um, our company uh, start uh, uh, shifting our recruitment abroad. Uh, as for now, we are not only focusing in uh, on Ukraine. We are focused on hiring de uh, developers in different countries such as Poland, Slovenia, Slovakia, Georgia, Armenia, Azerbaijan, and etc. Uh, another thing is a remote uh, work arrangement. Uh, since the start of COVID-19 uh, pandemic, uh, our company has developed remote work processes. It allowed us to return to the regular schedule in all departments in a short time. Uh, of course, there are some change, uh, changes in uh, working with our clients. Uh, our main focus is to honor to uh, is to honor the terms of our current agreements and immediately communicate any workflow change with our clients. Mm -hmm. uh, our, our company, uh, I would like to also mention, it's very important for us also that we refuses to start any form of cooperation with uh, aggressor countries with. Russian and Belarusian uh, contractors and organizations. Uh, now, uh, as for now, um, we also opened uh, a new office, new development center in Lviv. Um, as for now, this uh, uh, office uh, uh, works for our people. They can uh, live there and they also can work there. Uh, so really? for people who, yeah, uh, it's especially for people who uh, have been evacuated from uh, eastern part of Ukraine. Uh, another thing, uh, another thing is our new offices abroad. Now uh, we are in um, process of opening our representative office offices in the United States and in Japan. It sounds like you haven't missed a beat. And but I imagine you haven't had many uh, nights where you've gotten a full night's sleep. <laughs> Sounds like it's been a lot of work. Yeah, a lot of work, but we understand that we should do, we have to do it because right. economy, our company should work. Our people should receive their salaries. Our economy, uh, our economy of Ukraine should also work. Right. So explain to me how your office in Lviv works with uh, people working there and residing there. Are, are, are those separate 
living quarters next to the office or do they sleep in the office somehow? Uh, actually, there is a little problem in Lviv. Um, and this city have been evacuated uh, more than 1 million people from all parts of Ukraine. And um, there is a problem with accommodation. So that's why um, our company decided to provide uh, some kinds of uh, accommodation uh, directly in the office. Um, mm -hmm. We have some separated quarters here uh, for uh, living purposes and for working purposes. And, you know, mm -hmm. people like it. <laughs> so they work there. They uh, recently um, uh, we have uh, uh, holidays. Big holiday, three, three day of holidays, and uh, our engineers even record some video, like movie about Ukrainian army, something like that. It, it just was like for fun, but they live there, they have fun there, and they walk there. You could be setting a new trend, right? And maybe this is the wave of the future. <laughs> you know, I hope no. <laughs> so I hope that everything will comes back. <laughs> And everyone will come back to their homes. So I yeah. hope no. <laughs> but it sounds like people are making the best of it, right? So if they have to live in their office space, they're turning into a very uh, enjoyable social arrangement as well while they're there. So has the business taken a hit? I mean, have you lost business as a result of this or have you been able to keep selling new business? Uh, you know, uh, the most of our clients, all of our clients are with us now. And as for now, we um, have uh, more and more new contracts from our Western partners. A big thing on my mind is, you know, we, we hear all this horrific news from uh, Ukraine over here in the West. How do we, as an individual citizen, how do we help the cause? How, how do we contribute to um, making the lives of the people whose lives have been dislocated more bearable? How do we help the Ukrainian army if that's what we want to do? Do you have any suggestions for how people in the West can get involved and, and support what you're doing? Uh, in my opinion, that uh, the best way uh, to do it, the best way to help our country is just to recommend Ukrainian companies as a reliable partner because the IT industry of Ukraine has not changed and mm -hmm. um, so we can work and we want to do it. So uh, if also if you have an opportunity, uh, you can financially assist our humanitarian initiatives and the armed forces of Ukraine. Uh, also, any word of support, phone call, publications uh, in the media or post matters. Uh, the smallest action gets us closer to freedom. They give strength and face to the people in Ukraine and worldwide. Uh, it's terrific. I, I know there's a lot of support. We've been so impressed with the, the courageousness of the U Ukrainian people to defend their freedom. It's very inspiring. So... I think hopefully a lot of business will come your way and, and also to other Ukrainian-based businesses. Not only IT industry, yeah, I agree with you. Hope so. One question I forgot to ask, I mean, have you lost any employees who, who decided to go join the army or 
um, just leave the country and go somewhere else? Uh, there are several uh, of our employees uh, who decided, uh, who voluntarily decided to join the armed forces of Ukraine. Uh, we do not, uh, we didn't uh, lose them. Uh, the company respects uh, their decision and uh, uh, compensates their salaries in full for the time of their service uh, for the Ukrainian army. And we welcome them back. Um, one of them, by the way, it is, I can't say his name, of course, uh, but it's one of our lead data uh, engineers uh, decided to go to, to the war, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, we wish him best. So, Dragos, over to you. What can we in the West do to help out the situation in Ukraine? I think there are multiple uh, 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 things we can do. Um, and I think, um, first of all, I think Ukraine uh, is doing a great job, uh, you know, creating awareness from a, you know, uh, human crisis that was, you know, regarding the human crisis generated by this war. I think, uh, and we all can see that they do a great job, you know, um, getting other countries uh, to get involved from this perspective. Um, so there's always, uh, you know, uh, um, room to for us to do more. And I think there are two aspects that uh, one is very common, not related to the industry. It's more, you know, uh, people can uh, donate, right? Uh, people can... Um, 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 uh, and there are many right organizations that you can donate money because it, to fight a war, you need finances, right? Uh, to help people in need, uh, you need finances. You need doctors, you need uh, uh, aid and, and uh, you know, human um, uh, aid and, and so on. You need supplies, you need medical supplies, you need supplies, you need food supplies and, and so on. But I also think there is an aspect that uh, we can push a little bit more. And I think it's what you are doing. It's what I call creating awareness from an industry perspective. Mm -hmm. um, I think not many companies or not many people might know that Ukraine is such a great contributor to the industry. And not just Ukraine, you know, Ukraine, a lot of countries. But again, today we focus about uh, Ukraine with all you know, due respect to all other um, regions of the world that they be contributors. But I think we have to acknowledge the contribution that Ukraine is doing so far. Maybe, uh, you know, as an employee that you work for a five, you know, 500 fortune company, you might not feel you've been impacted directly, but there might be a software, there might be a technology, there might be a hardware that it has some footprint from Ukraine. And I, as we at Data Crazy, we acknowledge, you know, we have multiple uh, labs and one lab in, in Ukraine. And we acknowledge that um, our customers, they benefit also from the work that Ukraine is doing. We all in the data analytics space, you know, benefit uh, from some of the uh, contribution that uh, Ukraine uh, is doing to this industry. So having said that, I think creating more awareness, um, having more companies that they work directly or indirectly with uh, Ukraine, I think this is this is great um, because this awareness 
uh, it can help people to understand, oh, hold on. Um, I think if Ukraine, uh, you know, provided and contributed, I think they uh, earned their place to be a contributor, not just in the past, but also in the future for the overall software industry, no matter if it's in data or analytics. So I encourage companies to think from this perspective that uh, more awareness we bring about their contribution, I think more we should be com uh, you know, committed, encouraged that we want that contribution to go in the future as well. So I think to me, other than you know the help, I think awareness, more companies to participate in podcasts like this to you know tell the stories about um, their uh, Ukrainian footprint. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please subscribe. If you want more insights on data or analytics, visit our website at www.eckerson.com.